This is a Crib Room podcast. Going on break. Going on break. Going on break. Information and ideas to take with you while you're going on break. Welcome along to our second edition of Going on Break. It's all part of the Crib Room podcast. These are digestible podcasts that you can have a listen to while you are, believe it or not, in the Crib Room. Or you can be anywhere, really. Chris White is back with us. We recently had a chat to Chris about uh, COVID-19, its effects on family budgets, and some advice for family budgeting. And Chris is back to talk some small business finance. Again, with this particular podcast, the advice is of a general nature. If you, if you wish to seek some further information for your particular circumstances, please consult professionals like Chris. Although we won't talk to you about those individual cases as part of this particular podcast. Chris, welcome back. Thanks, Lemmy. Good to be back. Oh, mate. Uh, we've got a fair bit to get through, and I know uh, we've got a couple that have gone out straight away with our podcast, including yours, mate. It's all part of going on break. It's about finding out some more details for people who are in business today, especially small business finance, we're finding the world is a very different place today as what it's going to be tomorrow as what it was yesterday, mate. Interesting times, mate. Very interesting. Who knows so, what's going to happen? So mums and dad businesses out there, we've got apprentices who have just turned into tradies who have started up their own business. We've got people who are out there with probably 50 people on the books. This particular podcast and these bits of information are probably handy to all of those. Absolutely. And Absolutely. more. Right. What's the... What's the main focus right now that, as a business owner, we should be focusing on? Cash. <laughs> Cash is king. <laughs> Cash, Cash is, is king. king. Absolutely. No, it is important. Every business looks at profitability. Every business looks at, and the tax man in particular, looks at how much money you've made at the end of the year. But it's all well and good to make the money. If you haven't got the cash in, in, in the bank account, you close the doors. It, it's as simple as that, nearly. So we need to we need to really focus on on what that looks like for our business. It sounds so brutal, but businesses are cutting costs left, right, and centre at this particular point in time. We've seen international flights are slashed. We've heard the airlines, and I suppose they're probably one of the big ones. Absolutely. Um, we've seen a few mining companies who have looked at their costs and where they are. Mining industry services groups who are probably looking at their share price, just thinking, what's what the hell's happening here. But we want to talk to people who are out there who are in business, who are going through this themselves. It comes down to expense management. And where does that start, Chris? That starts at the very bottom of the page. That's every single dollar that's going out the door needs to be accounted for and needs to be relevant and appropriate. Um, every business, doesn't matter how big or small, you've got lots and lots of people that you need to pay money to. Um uh, for whatever reason, and and over time, a lot of those expenses become less and less relevant. You might have spent uh, money to start up um, to to get access to a certain subscription service or, or something that was relevant to you when you first started business. You've kept it going because it's important, mm. and but you're just not using it anymore. Um, so all of those little things, unless we're re- regularly reviewing our expenses, we're not going to identify those areas that we can save. Where do you find or where do business owners find a lot of their expenses that they go, oh, geez, I didn't realize I could save this amount of money from just looking at this? A classic uh, situation is inventory management. So I've seen time and time again where a business in, in any in any industry um, will need to buy a, a certain part for this certain job. And because they get a deal, they buy two of them. And they put it on the shelf, and that's all great. Because next time they have a job, they'll go to the shelf, and this bit of inventory will be there, and they can use it. But what inevitably happens is that they get the same job back in, and a couple of months later, they forget that they've got that bit on the shelf. So they go and buy another one, and then, oh, it's a good deal, so I'll buy three. So all of a sudden, they've got two or three bits of the same piece of kit sitting on the shelf that they've paid for, 
Um, and you, you know, I've seen, I, I have seen businesses uh, who have whole rooms full of inventory and they have no idea what's there and they still go out and buy what they need when they need it and a couple of extras. So it is a, it's a huge killer of cash flow. And I suppose that comes down to education, especially if you, I'm going to look at a, a business, say for instance, it's an electrical business and you've got the uh, the tradies who are going out and they go, haven't gone back, they're probably a little lazy, a little bit complacent Absolutely. at times, they haven't gone back to the workshop and then there's 15 of them. Yep. They go and fill up their van with 10. Yep. And then all of a sudden you're, you're carrying all that stock, aren't you? Absolutely. So that's the sort of process that we're looking at here. Sorry to all the sparkies. Um, <laughs> mate, but debtor and credit management must play a huge role in the fact that that businesses probably need to manage this a lot easier. I mean, it goes without saying, you manage it a lot easier and you're going to be prone to less risk. Absolutely. Look, the first place to start when it comes to um, really understanding what your business is doing and how to do it is, is how you can fund your own cash flows internally. So the very basic rule is the, the sooner that you can get your clients to pay you and the, the longer that your suppliers will wait to be paid, the better off you're going to be from a cash perspective. So if you can work those two things out early on, um, not rip out any profits into your own bank account, leave them in the business as much as possible, you're going to find that straight away your cash position is going to be much, much stronger than it was otherwise. Now, these things are easier said than done a lot of the time, but it is a matter of understanding your business's cash flow drivers, um, looking at ways to change those drivers or work within those those drivers um, to, to see what sort of improvements you can make. Surely in each business, the debtor role is one of the most glorified positions that is in, in business because it's not an easy job. No, look, it isn't. Um, Having uh, clients that owe you money, um, especially well, in a lot of smaller businesses, you're often dealing with mates. So when a mate owes you some money, you, oh, you're likely worse. to go, yeah, absolutely. You, you're probably going to sit there and go, oh, it's all right, mate. I'll you buy me a beer and I'll give you another week before you have to pay me. And, and it's all good. But in business, you do need to make the hard decisions. And if you've made an agreement to do a job for someone and they've agreed to pay you in seven days, then you should expect to be paid in seven days. So you should be on the phone in five days saying, hey, we're going to be okay. Um, and at seven days, where's my money? And at 10 days going, mate, what's going on? Yeah. Well, that 11 days, you're knocking on the door. Absolutely. Um, but having a good debtor program, having a good debtor policy in place for businesses is vital and, and sticking to it regardless of that mm. particular point. Uh, what are some of those triggers though, to get people by when cash might not be uh, on such a, a plentiful supply? Yeah. So there is a lot of cash as as we've discussed caught up in inventory and in in indebtedness so your however how, however big your business is um, there is going to be some form of liquid asset that you can leverage or maybe able to leverage to to access some cash so one of the things we we often talk to clients about is um, an invoice finance type of product um, where you can leverage the value of your debtor book to access some cash earlier than what you might otherwise. So from my perspective, it's not necessarily a new debt being created. All it is doing is saying, if you've got an invoice that you've issued to your client for 50 grand, you can access 40 grand of that today to use in your business. And that gets repaid in 35, 45, 65 days when your client pays you. Overdrafts. Uh, overdrafts are a big part that people can probably pull the card on, but looking at them, they can be quite daunting for a lot of people too. Overdrafts are an interesting, uh, an interesting thing. Look, they're, they're very, very popular and they have been 
probably traditionally the most popular form of accessing cash for your business. But there's a couple of things that I quite often come across. One is that in WA in particular over the last few years, the equity that we used to have in our properties is gone. So if a bank's ever going to offer you an overdraft for your business, they're going to want to secure it against your house or your commercial property or, or your investment property. Uh, chances are the equity in those properties, we're generalizing, but a lot of the time it's just not there. Mm-hmm. So they can't provide you the funding because they don't have the security to do so. The second thing is, and and, and this is this does also come up uh, very often, is that a business owner, you know, um, John might own a business and he needs to get an overdraft to, to fund the cash flow. That's fantastic. The bank wants um, John to use his house to secure the overdraft, but his house is owned by John and his wife. That means his wife actually has to guarantee the business's debt mm. to the bank. So she's not might not be part of the business, might have nothing to do with the business, got, knows nothing about, about welding two bits of metal together, but she is required to put her house on the line to support the business's cash flow. And to me... It works sometimes and, and where there's a very close relationship or when both partners are involved in the business and that's fine. But when not, we need to find ways to separate that risk of business to, to personal. Unsecured lending is another way and a different option as well. How does that work? Chris? It is, absolutely. There are quite a number of providers around the place who will provide um, uh, overdraft or short-term cash, uh, sorry, short-term loan facilities to clients based pretty much entirely or, or a lot of the time entirely on their recent bank statement conduct. Um, and what that does is it gives an immediate cash injection to the, 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 the borrower um, or access to an overdraft type facility that they can use for whatever purpose they want within their business. Um, now, because it is not secured by property and not secured by specific debtors or, or anything in the business. And a lot of the time uh, for lower amounts, there's not even a charge over the company, The old, what's now called a general securities agreement it used to be a, um, I can't remember what they were called now, something else. Um, they don't take a lot of those securities. So they, they obviously charge for that, but they're taking a risky position to support you and your business in, in its cash flows. Um, the beauty of them is that they can be generally paid out without any cost. So once you do return to um, having cash in your own system, you can pay these things out and get rid of them, but they play a really key mark, uh, uh, role in keeping cash in the system. Something that was known as factoring. Uh, now, there'd be some people out there who have heard of factoring before. Absolutely. They might have had themselves go through a factoring process. Someone else in business that they know went through it and they don't have a, a great experience. It's sort of turned into now invoice funding. Invoice funding, a lot better than factoring. Absolutely. Um, but first of all, that, that factoring process just turned into a bit of a lemon, didn't it? Look, there's a, there are a lot of our, our uh, longer serving business people around the place who, as soon as you mention something to do with um, invoice finance or factoring, will run for the hills. Um, because there were some pretty ordinary experiences um, in, in times gone by, I'm pleased to say that, that is, they are not experiences that, that, that you will have anymore. And, and invoice finance, and there are still, you know, factoring is, is part of that broad broad uh, sort of name but invoice finance basically means getting a loan against the the debtors in your balance sheet so um, and as I sort of touched on earlier it actually creates a scenario where you're you're not borrowing money long term you're just borrowing money until your customer pays you back sure. um, the, the 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 lender um, helps you control that 
the client, as long as they are a good client, will make sure that your debt's repaid at, at, you know, as it should be. Um, you're just, it just means that you're accessing cash very early um, rather than having to wait 75 days before it's paid. And how does that work? Is that a, a different account for every particular item? Say, for instance, we buy a brand new truck, we've got a truck and uh, we want to sell it or we want to buy it and we want to hold it there. Does does that mean that a bank account set up for that particular asset or how does that work? So generally speaking, you will um, it, it effectively creates an overdraft for the business owner to use, but the limit of the overdraft is based on the value of your outstanding debtors. So if you if you're selling widgets into the market at uh, and you have uh, you you've got people that owe you I don't know five hundred thousand dollars at any given time, you go to your um, invoice finance provider. They will give you four hundred thousand dollars access to four hundred thousand dollars as soon as the invoices have been issued, and you will then be able to use that in the business for until it's repaid. Generally, what happens though is every time you issue another batch of invoices. Yep. You, you submit that to your lender, they will adjust the overdraft balance and give you more or less access to the funds sure. and, and you can continue to use that as you need to. I suppose that comes down to the finance people being It does, absolutely. Yeah, on, absolutely. Right yep. on what, yep. what's coming in. And it is very out. important to notice with an invoice finance facility, it does take a little bit extra um, manage, debtor management. Yep. Uh, you'll find that the invoice finance providers, um, especially the non-bank invoice finance providers, are very, very good at supporting your finance team in managing that. Where we're at at the world in the moment, where we're at in the world at the moment with COVID nineteen, I suppose the main thing is to maintain revenue. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of different factors that are against that. There's a lot of different factors that are for that at this point in time, but that is probably one of the keys when we're going through this uncertainty that's in the world and around business at the moment. We're seeing all sorts of different uh, bits of advice come out on social media and the. The message with that is also don't believe everything you read on social media. <laughs> uh, but I suppose maintaining revenue is the number one protection for your business, isn't it? It is absolutely, and that's why it's really important in any business. I, I don't, you know, I'm not really concerned what type of business it is. It's important to have a little bit of a diverse income stream. So all eggs in one basket has never, in any context, been a good thing, uh, and and especially in small business, making sure that while your predominant business might be to the gold mining industry by maintaining a connection with other parts of the resources industry or being able to apply your your skills to a completely different industry means that when things do downturn in one, you can then start to create revenue in another or, or, or increase and decrease your exposure to each industry. So at this stage, if, if you're not already diversified in uh, in your business revenue, it, it is going to be probably a difficult one to try to create that. But mm. certainly, there's ways. So talk to your local um, business colleagues and and, and, and advisors, and, and see what else you can do to try to support yourself. Would you be looking at debtor insurance at this point as well, knowing that there's a bit of pressure on businesses, or has big due to those demands? Is that a bit more uh, harder to do at this point in time? Uh, look, who, who knows what's going to happen around in, in a lot of these industries, but debtor insurance is something to be considered you know, at all times, and especially at the moment. Debtor insurance basically means if you're going to um, issue an invoice to someone and not be paid, so you're, which means you're effectively lending that person some money, that's, that's really what it comes down to, then you want to make sure that you're going to get paid. Um, one way to do that is to insure that debtor and to make sure if they do go belly up before they've paid your invoice, that your insurer will pay the invoice on their behalf. Um, can you go out now and get insurance? Look, sure. 
talk to your insurance broker about insuring all of your debtor books or it, or it may be specific debtors um, uh, and, and see what the market is offering in that space. The other benefit to debtor insurance is that often um, your debtor insurer will do effectively a credit check on your client to make sure whether they, they are appropriately uh, appropriate to be insured and can be insured, which means if they can't, you need to think twice before issuing an invoice on them on any sort of terms. What about for those who are looking at some upcoming projects? They could be ready to build, you know, their great big new workshop. They yep. could be looking at uh, employing a, a, a whole new range of people, all, all sorts of different things that businesses would be going through at this particular point mm. in time. What is it with projects that we need to be a little bit mindful of? Do we still push the go button? I suppose it comes down to individual businesses. It does, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, look... I it is going to be uh, a different feel around all industries over the next however long we don't know but there are opportunities to do things that you might otherwise have stretched yourself a little bit far to do in terms of manpower or, or downtime if your business has the capacity to refocus its attention on those things that might uh, be distracting otherwise then that may very well be a good use of your resources and time um, you need to be able to access the funding or the cash to be able to do these things. But, you know, there's no reason why you wouldn't spend um, a slow period of time for whatever reason that might be slowing down in, in really looking strategically at your business on the basis that, you know, we expect will come out of this pretty strongly uh, and, and there'll be some considerable growth. So set yourself up now for that growth. Um, by doing the things that you're, you're talking about. Bank funding is still available. Banks are still open and lending people money. No one has said they're not. Um, uh, they may well ask a question about the effects of COVID-19 on your business or expected effects. And, and certainly there are industries that don't have um, a very bright outlook for the next few weeks at least. Um, but on, a, on the whole, banks are still there, still lending money, still assessing your capacity on historical financial performance and all those sorts of things. Now, I, I know I asked you when we spoke about mums and dads and their finance tips for the top three. What well, the, the top three people in small business? I mean, we're up to you know fifty odd employees or whatnot. I, I still class them as a small business. Absolutely. Um, just tell us some some tips that you'd like to hear or to, like to give to them at this point in time. Again, advice of a general nature. Absolutely. It, look, it is, interestingly, it's very similar to, to mums and dads. So budgeting is huge. Make sure you know where every dollar that you're spending is going, why it's going there, and review it or cancel it or reduce it if it's not no longer relevant. So really tight control over that. Um, understand what's important to you as a business. What is your goal in business? Um, understand who your clients are. Understand what clients you might want to say no to because they're going to cost you more than the clients that you want to be dealing with and they're not going to add the value that you want your clients to be adding or that you want to be adding to your clients. So understand your scope of work and your client base um, and make sure whatever you do is appropriate to your own circumstances. Again, I made this point when talking about mums and dads, I'll do it again with businesses. Just because there's two engineering businesses sitting side by side on the same street with the same number of employees and the, and the, and the, you know, the same relative same client base, the one that's got all the shiny machinery that's all brand new and the bigger premises and all that sort of stuff um, is not necessarily doing better than you are, okay? They have a completely different set of circumstances behind them than you. You just look after your own business, do what's right for your business and your employees, 
and um, make your decisions without the emotion of trying to keep up with the Joneses. Chris White joins us, part of Worthy Parts Finance, and of course from the White Room as well. And in our first episode with Chris, you can hear a little bit more about his experience in the finance sector. He joins us with advice of a general nature. We do need to point that out. If you're after further individual advice, please contact those uh, with individual appointments available. Thanks very much, Chris. Pleasure, Mike. The Crib Room series of podcasts are produced by Industry Link Media. Subscribe to podcasts via your audio platform and via industrylinkmedia.com. This is a Crib Room podcast. Christopher White is a credit representative 484287 of BLSSA Proprietary Limited, ASN 11765160, Australian Credit Licence 391237, White Room Finance Proprietary Limited, ACN 609854300, is a credit representative 484180 of BLSSA Proprietary Limited, ASN 11765160, Australian Credit Licence 391237.